This is an IFTA screen discussion. Welcome to the IFTA screen discussion series, putting focus on each of the feature films submitted for this year's IFTA awards. There are a number of really excellent Irish films that we'll be putting under the spotlight in the coming weeks. Um, but today we are joined by the filmmakers behind the film, Anne. It made its world premiere at the Talon Black Knights International Film Festival in November of 2022. And we're delighted mm. to hear about the film from some of the key creatives involved. Today, we're joined by Kieran Cree, the writer and director, David Grennan, who is the director of photography, Ferdia Doherty, who is the producer, composer Roger Taylor and lead actress of the film, Zara Devlin. Uh, she plays the titular role of Anne. So uh, welcome everyone. And first of all, congratulations on the film. I found it so beautiful and so moving. Well, thank you very, thank you very much. much. Yeah, yeah it's great, great to be here now. <laughs> And, you know, I actually remember uh, reading the story on which uh, this film is based uh, a number of years ago. I found it so sad and so, you know, horrifying as well that something like this could happen. So I was wondering if uh, you, Kieran, or whoever would like to pitch in for when you did hear um, the, the true story that Anne is based upon for the first time and what was that kind of, you know, initial reaction to it? Yeah, I suppose, I mean, I would have been aware of the story when it came out in 1984, um, as a teenager, and then obviously time passes. And then in 2018, uh, Rosita Boland did a number of articles on Anne Lovett, um, about actually what happened in the grotto and, and the aftermath. And like, they were very heart-rendering articles because she very much talked about what went on in the day and very much resonated with me. Just thinking about this poor girl uh, what she went through on her own. She was 15. Um, like now it's slightly different because say you've got YouTube, you can find out everything that you want. Back in 1984, there was no YouTube, might be not book in a library, but how could you actually find out what was going on, what was happening, what would I do in a small, medium-sized uh, Middle Ireland town? Um, so it must have been uh, horrific for her. And I suppose that in your mind was the catalyst for me to, I need to write something about this. And I definitely was very surprised that nothing had been written to date. Um, so I, I wrote a treatment very quickly. I wrote a script very quickly. It was probably one of the easiest scripts I've ever had to write. Um, and it came together very quickly. I think I, I might have rewrote it small bits, maybe four or five times, but that's it. Until the script was actually shot. So I think that in itself kind of leads credence to, I suppose, the impact that it had on me as a person, like, you know, and, and, and I said, I was just really surprised that nothing had been done before. And if you think about it, it's not even 40 years ago, mm. which is not a lot of time. Yeah, it's really um, quite extraordinary. And I was wondering, why was it kind of now that you thought was the time to make this uh, particular movie? Because, I mean, like considering Ireland's recent history, there have been so many revelations, uh, so many huge historical changes as well, uh, just in very recent history. Well, I suppose, I mean, as a writer, I don't know, I can't speak for other writers, but for myself, when I find something and see something that really resonates with me, well, then I feel I've got to do something about it. Um, like my previous film in view it was about kind of suicide or whatever like you know and again that kind of resonated with me I just need to do to do it I need to write it and irrespective of whether you get funded or whether you don't I mean I'm just going to get this done and it was very much the same with Anne like we started with this, this kind of process back in 
2018. Um, and so I mean, we shot it in July, June, July 2021. And then we actually had it fully finished in 2022. So it was four years in total. Um, and um, But I mean, it just came together quickly. And I just think everybody that read it very much jumped on board and realized, yeah, this is a story that should be told. And, and that's what I said before. Like, I mean, I don't understand why it hadn't been told to this point. Um, because it's such a seminal story for the women of our country. And it's, it's, Absolutely. Um, Ferdie, I'd love to bring you in at this point, because I was just wondering, as, you know, a producer of the film, you have to kind of be in the more practical, the pragmatic mm. role. And I was wondering if there was ever a point where there might be a fear that, you know, maybe this story was too raw, is it too much or is it too soon uh, for audiences to see? Were those kind of considerations, uh, did they come to mind? Absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> one of the things, I live in Chicago um, and I've lived in the States for almost 25 years. Uh, and I met Kieran uh, through the Chicago Irish Film Festival, which he's he's been shown at many times. Um, and when he showed me the script, um, I had obviously known about the story um, because that's how old I am. And um, I thought this was definitely a story that needed to be told uh, for many reasons. One being just how far Ireland has come over the past uh, short 10, 15 years um, with abortion and uh, gay marriage and all of those types of things. And then also, perfect timing in any movie is, you know, Roe versus Wade in the United States, which I'm sure you've all read about, um, kind of went through a very bad period uh, in, in the last two years. So I, I, I thought this was just the perfect, uh, the perfect feature to, to manage. And we have to give kudos to RTE um, for backing us with this, uh, with the script initially, um, because without uh, RTE, um, and of course, the many investors that helped us put this film together, um, we wouldn't be here today. Uh, and especially people like Zara and Ian Beatty and Eileen Walsh and all the other great cast members and crew that, uh, you know, did this during COVID, which was, which was always fun. Um, and of course, Kieran and the, and the team for what they pulled together. So, you know, the story itself should have been told, should have been told a long time ago. Um, but we're thankful that we got it, uh, we got it done. Absolutely, 100%. Um, one of the things I found really striking as I was watching Anne was it was kind of such an unusual way to tell the story in that you kind of follow one character and then the camera kind of dwells with one and then you start to follow them. And I just found it really striking. Um, so I was wondering for you, David, um, how did you find taking that very distinct approach in actually shooting and relating the story? Um, because it is it is quite distinct and unique, actually. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's exactly the approach that we took to it. I mean, I've known Kieran since uh, we became friends after I shot his first movie, In View. So I was very, in, he, he, I was very involved in this, the approach of how we were trying to find that visual style. And we really wanted that kind of immersive style of storytelling where, you know, it's, there was no over embellishments. It was a really kind of natural feel to the story as it progressed. 
because it, it is such as the guys have just talked about such a an important story uh and that kind of handheld continuous take kind of we, we decided very early on that that gave us that kind of immersion and also Kieran, you know we discussed that idea of handing over the camera to the next character because the town is so important in the story and those other characters like the family are so important that that was a kind of a key element as well in in the narrative yeah because i found it just very for me it was like the the form or the style was really reflective of what was happening in the story because you're in that town space and you're following those characters and there's almost this inescapable intimacy and you really do kind of end up relating even more so to the character of Anne through following these other characters and moving in this very limited amount of space if that kind of makes sense no absolutely very much so I mean that's that's great that that came across because it is that like you know we Kieran, we wanted to stay very much with Anne with Zara but we had to open up the film a little bit more especially because it takes place over 13 hours and that, and that kind of the ability to to switch and hand over the camera between those characters very much helped us do that like you know to delve into the story more um you know and the camera was a, was very much an observer in what was going on um and you know i think that's i mean i think we started with something like in our shot list we started with something like 200 shots but then we never intended keeping that many and then when we got to Boyle and we walked around Boyle for about a week doing about 30,000 steps a day uh, <laughs> uh, we uh, we kind of we kind of you know we kind of deconstructed those that shot list to about I think 87 Kieran in total in the end yeah, 87, yeah. about 87 you know and <clears throat> we really choreographed all of that uh, through prep uh, but it was it was all there, like, you know, pre-production and then and the shooting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad all that came across because, I mean, there's, there's some very definite moments that were planned in there. But but it also became the camera became with the actors like Zara and Eileen. There was very much uh, a dance as well, you know, in, the, in that kind of scenario, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to ask a little more, actually, uh, particularly about the casting of um well, particularly of Anne, because um, Zara, you're really extraordinary in that role. Um, so, Kieran, would you mind telling us a little bit about that uh, process and how you found your actors? Yeah, um, uh, some were easy, some were very difficult. Um, in cases like Eileen, for example, I always had her in mind. And then we were going to shoot it and she wasn't available. And then it kind of pushed a wee bit. Uh, and then she was back, being back available and we got her uh, for a week. Like, you know, to fit everything for writing in the week. So it was a bit of a challenge, but we got it done. Uh, Ian Beatty was uh, pretty straightforward as well. We had a connection to Ian, like, you know, and he read it and he loved it. And he just wanted to do it no matter what. Um, then obviously then the main one that was going to be difficult was the character of Anne. I mean, like, you know, we were in lockdown. So what we did is we contacted all the agents in Ireland. Uh, we got about 35 actors who submitted tapes to us and then like very much I, I i do work with a team like you know with the guys like you know and dave and, and our editor tony cranston like you know we can't be here today um and we narrowed it down to 35 to seven uh, and then i met the seven girls and and, and i did some self did some taping which uh dave grennan uh 
Absolutely, 100%. And Sarah, I'm curious about what was the, you know, audition process like from your perspective? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I I remember hearing about this story when I was at school, but I, I completely forgot about her name. It wasn't something that was talked about. And I remember then when I, I got told about auditioning for this, I remember I, I looked the story up and it just brought me back. That's that's the story I was told when I was about 12 or something like that. Um, and just from the get-go and from reading the script, I just, you know, there's certain scripts you read and stories that yeah, you just you just have to do it, you know. You just I just I really felt it from the start that I just had to be involved in this, you know. And when I met Kieran, um I, I could feel his passion, I could feel it and all the people involved, it was, I could feel the, the passion in this, where we want to, to, you know, all of us come together and make this film. Um, and so I was really delighted. And it's, 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 I can't tell you what an honor it is to get to, it just blows my mind that I've, I've actually got a, a chance to portray Anne, or, and tell her story, it kind of gives me chills when I, when I think about it, because it's such an, I just, I've never heard anything like it. And when we were filming, I, I, so many times I could feel, it's like I could feel her ghost with me or it was a, an experience I'll never forget. Absolutely, I can only imagine. And yeah. um, Kieran kind of touched on it there, but yeah, it is something that's very striking in the film and that like your character, you know, has, she does have so little dialogue. Um, so I was wondering what kind of, you know, preparation went into that um, in terms of, you know, kind of bringing that emotion because you pretty much, and you do an extraordinary job, but like so much of it is kind of carried in the way you walk and your facial expressions and stuff like that. I just... I, I can't imagine what it's like to prepare for a role like that. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about that process? Yeah, I think it's funny when you're portraying someone who existed, you kind of want to bring your own, for me anyway, your own kind of thing to it. Um, so I, I kind of, like, I, to be honest, I didn't prepare too much because I wanted it to be alive. I wanted to experience these I wanted when I saw a particular character to come I wanted to experience it for the first time and not prepare how I was going to feel about it or um so it all kind of happened when I was was speaking to Kieran on the set and I felt like that was the kind of approach to take with this kind of film and with um the way the way Dave 
filmed it with the camera and um yeah I felt like it's I don't know sometimes too much preparation for these things for me anyway can kind of um I don't know stiffen a performance you know and I wanted to bring my own what I if I was on what I how I would be feeling about the situations as well you know that's all I could do so yeah absolutely um I think that everyone's going to kind of watch this film and and relate to or at least get to like understand a different character like what happens with the little sister and then you when you read the title at the end it's so tragic and then there's you know the story of the father who doesn't know what to do and the local busy body and the priest and everything I found myself just so um struck by the the mother's performance in the film by Eileen Walsh and she's extraordinary and um I I recognized her immediately from her role in the Magdalene sisters and that was a film that I ended up thinking about quite a lot I think because um obviously they're both looking at the historical really awful treatment of you know women in Ireland and I was wondering um for you Kieran, when you were casting Eileen was that you know a role that was in you know the back of your mind or something that you were thinking about or was it or or is that just kind of a little connection I made in my head that was totally unintended no 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 absolutely not I mean like as far as I remember the Magdalene Sisters was directed by Peter Mullen who was one of my favorite actors I think he's an amazing what he can do as an actor yeah, and I would not have seen the film a couple of times and yes um it's all floating around in your head I mean but I has had such a diverse career and we all remember Pure Mule and um and, and no matter what she does she just brings something to it and like you know when you're thinking of a role like that and you're writing it and you're writing it this is the the Irish mammy the Irish mammy in 1980 was different to the Irish mammy in 2020 um and I think you have to have the chops to actually come along to be able to play that and, and have whatever's inside to bring it out like any good actor like Zara or Eileen or Ian, like, you know, um, you could uh, you could be talking to whatever to them, like, you know, but they have this inside. And, and when you see Eileen's face in all the different films and to the stage she's been on, like, you know, she just has that. And you just know when you cast something like that, they're going to turn up and they're going to know exactly what they're supposed to do because they're not thinking about it to make it. It's just coming from the inside. And every good actor, it just comes from the inside. I think if you have to rationalise it and, and think about it and learn, I think you're in trouble as an actor. I think you need to have it from, in, this is my own opinion now, you need to have it inside and it just comes out. So as Zara said, and she rocks up on the scene, like, you know, she's waiting to see what happens. And she's seeing how she'd react to that. She knows the character, she knows what it's about, etc. And it's just her reaction to that. And that's what always reads true. I think when you see an actor on, on screen or on stage, um, as Eileen has that on stage for sure. Roger, I'd like to bring you in um, here because I wanted to ask as well about the music for the film. Um, it is such an emotional story. There's so much that's unsaid and has to be communicated through uh, the music. So can you tell us a bit about, um, you know, the challenges of composing for a story like this? Yeah, well, I think, um... Sorry, um, I think it, that actually helped, um, to be mm -hmm. honest. Um, the way it was shot, and because there was 
a lot of the time there was little dialogue in, in a sense so the 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 picture was telling telling you what was going on but that allowed hopefully to that the music could then just support what you were seeing um and Kieran was really good in the sense of he, he he in a way he let me play my part in it in the sense that you got that freedom and and unusually because there is limited edits you weren't fighting for um a cut or anything like that you could actually flow with it and that was in a, in a sense i think that was quite unique um that you, you were allowed to do that that doesn't happen that often um so that made it um a lot easier actually you know and the performances i mean zara in particular um th there's a number of things that really was could have could have turned out quite wrong in a sense unbelievable but it wasn't she 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 did a phenomenal job i think um you know where you could then hopefully support it without taking taking over i mean i was a bit conscious of taking over because of little dialogue um and hopefully it's it's it has supported and not um you know overturn the picture with a bit of love. yeah and i think that at least this was kind of my interpretation the music did stand in particularly for Anne's dialogue because there is so little of it and most of the music does revolve around um things that are happening to her would would that have been something that was kind of consciously happening or yeah that that um discussions with um to uh, tony cranston the editor and, and kieran um I, it soon became apparent to, within days really uh, i only got involved um at the edit stage um but i mean it, it came clear that really music was went alongside and most of the time that isn't the case of course you know when of, unfortunately she died but um but it was to do with Anne and um and we kept it that way and and we kept it that that you know the music didn't even start it was a cold start as you might say where there was no music until um in the bathroom scene um which i think was the right thing to do you know you could have you could have played earlier um but i don't think that would have been been right to do neither you know um but it was really enjoyable to you felt it you felt the film and um i think that's really important as a composer that um if if you're so in it uh while you're watching it uh, i mean i played uh, the the basis of it live while i was watching it not the first <laughs> take or anything like that <laughs> what i mean is i just kept playing around to see what felt and that that can't happen that often because you had this such space you knew there wasn't a cut for might have been three four minutes you know um and i think that makes it very special yeah absolutely um i suppose i want to talk to a number of you uh just because it it was a, such a huge scene and it obviously involves such a huge collaborative effort but um the birth scene it is quite um graphic and it's disturbing and and very very tragic it's horrific um so i was hoping to chat through um a few of you about you know your your roles and kind of staging and then the actual uh, uh filming of that scene um so i suppose i'll start with you zara just in terms of 
because your performance in that scene is really amazing and and how to even begin to prepare and act out you know something like that that that's happening do you know it helped a lot with because each scene would have been three to four minutes long so when they said action when Kieran said action I would be in my position in the grotto and I know that they wouldn't be coming me coming to me for about three four minutes almost so I had that time before they arrived to actually to be there and I again I can't tell you what that felt like and sometimes it would be raining and and it was quite lonely and um again I could feel her there and it was it was just this so I, I, I think there was something in having those few minutes to be by myself before everyone arrived um, it was kind of amazing and I think that that's what really got me into my into that zone um just the loneliness of it and uh and it's funny like once once you kind of get into that it it something else takes over and it's like something else took over you know and um I really enjoyed doing that and really letting go and really yeah trying just to imagine what that was like and to be 15 how scary would that have been to just to have no one and you know seeing all the blood and it just yeah couldn't yeah just to really what would that have been like for her 15 you know so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well the, fi the final product is really powerful and and it's interesting you're talking about kind of almost like feeling a bit out of body as you performed it because that's almost like what it's like watching it but that that is what you'd be like in that situation because it's it is unimaginable you know how could this be happening to me mm, yeah absolutely yeah I, I'll never forget it and I've never done anything like that and I don't think I ever will you know it was it was like a you know spiritual or something else you know mm. And uh, for you, David, what was it like filming that scene? Because you, you were talking before about, you know, having, you know, shot by shot extensively prepared. I would have imagined for a scene like this, that would have had to be, you know, extensively prepared as well. Um, funny enough, on when I said that, yeah, I mean, we, we prepared a lot, but it was a scene like that with Zara it was, in fact, very unprepared in some ways because a bit like the way Zara was discussing there it was it was a scene that had such uh, an important moment in the movie uh, a harrowing moment in the movie and I remember myself and Kieran kind of discussing it saying I just needed to go in with Zara and just really react to what was happening you know I mean it became it was a very emotional day I remember very well like Zara does and uh, we we shot it like in the grounds of a, a real church, you know, and it was, it was, yeah, the kind of really very similar to how Zara explains it. I mean, I, honestly, I think we did about maybe five or six takes, if I remember, and I, I, I don't think I ever probably did the same thing exactly, you know, on, on each take, because you really, it all became about kind of just reacting to what was happening, you know, because the way and you you uh, it's it's rare that you're in that scenario where you can feel the hundred percent the emotion that's coming from the actor 
and it's all just like so powerful you know it's, it's the only way i have to explain it uh but yeah so it was um it's it's yeah it was it was a tough day but uh i think we uh on everybody but i think you know i think we did the best the best uh, service to that moment we could mm, absolutely yeah. um and for you uh kieran as you know director of that scene um david and zara would have touched on it already and i suppose you have to manage that balance of you know having your vision as a director but then also allowing for this creative space um and when you're depicting something as kind of you know um graphic and sensitive as a moment like this um yeah i was just wondering what was kind of the biggest challenge and um how do you how were you able to kind of manage that balance yeah well i suppose uh, like we always we sarah had two scenes in the grotto like uh, one was more graphic the second was more graphic than the first I think very much with the first scene, I mean, like, you know, it was let, let Dave and let Zara go. And I'd definitely be in the camp where you surround yourself with brilliant people um, um, and just give them the space to do what they need to do because sometimes there's just too much direction. I mean, it does become staged. So in this case, it's a perfect example to let the people just go. For the second scene, we did sit down for a while with Zara and Zeph and Dave. We kind of split it into three bits. Would I uh, say whatever for a certain period of time, second period of time, third period of time to achieve something within those three uh, uh, times? But then there's still that freedom. We didn't know what was going to happen. It's just at the end, you had to hit a, a certain whatever. And because Dave is so reactive with the camera and then Zara is just there with Dave with the camera. Like, you know, it just, just works out so well. And, and I mean, obviously it, it was thinking about it before we did it, uh, it was a big worry for me, like, you know, but in the end, I mean, because of the people involved, like, you know, it just worked out amazing. As I said, there was like, there was, there was no real direction being given in, in those scenes. I mean, like, that was the people involved doing it. Yeah. And that's why it's probably, is so raw and it works so well. Mm. That's really interesting. I like was that a challenge or did it feel like more natural as a director because it almost sounds like you just kind of stepped back a bit, you know, um, which is really it's quite interesting, you know. You know, I, I honestly, I, I, I mean, I can't remember the exact quote, but Alfred Hitchcock did give a quote where an actor came up and looking for a direction. He says, "Well, I'm the director and you're the actor, so act." Um, but it, it's, it's when you have these good people who were, who are so in, in tune with their feelings, what they're doing is, I mean, if you step into that, you're going to put a wall between that. Like, you know, so my own particular take is that I let people do what they're doing. And then if they're not hitting stuff that I need, I might just say whatever, like, you know, but I think if, 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 you, if, you, if you put walls from the start of something, um, you might be missing out on something that you'll never get. And that's why, in those, especially in those sort of situations, you need to just let the people do what they do and to see where it goes. And then if you see change or things to improve or just some stuff to help them, well, then you go for it. But I mean, um, as I said, just because when people are so tuned with it, I mean, sometimes to step in is just, it's just uh, you're just going to ruin it, to be honest. 
And uh, yeah, then finally for you, Roger, um, composing the music for that scene. I think you mentioned where you, was that the scene you were playing some music during or was, am I thinking of something? <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, no, um, <clears throat> both the, um, in the grotto and when she was giving birth. Okay. Um, was both of them really, I tried to, I tried to play as I was watching only because it, it made me, it made me, it made me be there. Now, it had only, of course, been a, one instrument at that time. I mean, the, on the birth scene, there's only what the idea, the idea there was that she was so alone that it should have been one instrument. And that was, as it turns out, piano. Um, but that was because she was there. I mean, it must have been gruesome um, that she was all on her own, you know, obviously never given birth before, outside, in the cold, all that. Um, so my idea was I I reacted, my fingers reacted to what I was watching, really. Um, and I think that's the only way I could have done it, actually. I think if, in a way, if you thought about it too much, a bit like what Kieran's saying with, it could feel staged in, in that sense. But, um, you know, um, if anything, once I played it, I, I would take out notes and try, you know, um, piano notes, you know. Um, to make it less, um, because if you're not careful, you can put too much in it. You know what I mean. You want that space. You want you want to hear the person breathing or in pain or you know. But also you want to react to it as well. So I suppose it's a bit of a, a balance between the two. I would say. Well, well done to you to all because it's such it's such an incredible, uh, powerful scene. Um, I was hoping to ask next, and maybe I can start with you, uh, Ferdia. How did you all feel, you know, watching the film uh, for the first time? I've I found it all consuming in its emotionality, really. And you know, was the was the final product, you know, what you kind of thought it might be, you know, when you started the process of making the film? Um, well, for just to step back a little bit to the scene of the grotto, um, uh, just kind of a behind the scenes. Um, thought uh, the, the baby, baby Pat, um, who, who uh, Anne had given birth to in the, in the scene. Um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Frank Carr, who helped us procure that baby. Um, and uh, that was one of the things that, that uh, we, we, that scene was uh, towards the end of the shoot because we couldn't find a baby in the UK in Ireland or in the US for that particular scene. So just a behind the scenes type of thing is that we found a company in, in Limerick, I believe that, uh, that made the baby for us and delivered it by hand. Uh, and, uh, and obviously that I, I think uh, helped Zara, um, you know, Zara's performance, of course, in that, in that scene. Um, the first time I saw the, the first edit, um, it was in black and white. Uh, because Kieran and I had talked, uh, Kieran had mentioned that maybe this this film is a black and white film, um, and uh, I saw it for the first time uh, with my wife and my uh, Sicilian friend and his wife uh, on a holiday after the shoot in in Saint Martin, and um, the two uh, the three that that weren't involved uh, cried almost the entire time through the through the movie which had no music. Um, the editing, of course, wasn't done 
uh, it was just a quick edit. So that was the first time I, I saw it. Um, and uh, I mean, at that point, I just knew just from the performances and from um, Dave's camera work and, and obviously um, Kieran's direction that we were on to, to something great. But I knew that from the script. You know, when I first read the script, I just thought this was going to be an amazing movie. Um, and I think because of the way it was shot and the uniqueness of how it was shot with with the camera passing at every interaction with a new um, a new person, um, I thought that just made it even more powerful. And I I think we haven't talked about it. The town of Boyle um, that acted as Granard um, really really just brought the film alive. And we were so lucky that it was COVID. So. We were lucky that it was kind of um, empty. Um, and so uh, the people of Boyle and the county council and everybody in Boyle and, and um, that helped us make this only, only for them, it would not have turned out as good as it has. Um, would anybody else like to pitch in with kind of your, you know, initial reactions to seeing the film completed? Well, I will first then. <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, I saw it and I was delighted because I knew he had it, you know, like, you know, and it's kind of, when you do something and I remember like every time he shot a scene, we would, Seth and Dave would, would look at it, make sure we were happy, um, but you never know when you, because I mean, like, it's a bit of a risk when you write a script like the sort of script that it was, that you can actually get this down and actually work as a film. And when I saw it, then I knew it was working uh, and I was delighted. I don't know about anybody else, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd echo that. I mean, uh, for me, I was honestly very proud of the film. I think we did the story justice. Uh, and uh, we had a, an, an inc incredible crew who worked really hard from costume, hair, makeup, uh, and a particular shout out to my focus player, Dave Boyle, who somehow managed to keep it all in focus. I don't know how even now. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I just think, you know, it's, right from the very first conversations I had with Kieran, and then to watch it for the very first time uh, with, um, uh, you know, a certain amount of temp music uh, in Tony Cranston's house where he was editing was, was yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a strong moment to see that it all come together. You know, I yeah, think one of the uni oh, unique sorry. things about this movie is that how it translates across um, countries as well. I mean, I've shown it, I've, we've shown it obviously in Tallinn, Estonia, um uh and to a full house um which was amazing and and i've shown it in the states and it just it translates um so beautifully um and that people just just get this this powerful um story and what happened to this this poor unfortunate um 15 year old girl I think it's like a film like I can't compare it to anything else in any other style of film I've ever seen and I just think it's so so unique in that way and it, like as as the lead actor it's always strange for me to to watch myself um but it was the first time I ever watched where I was I felt really removed from it actually like I, I forgot it was me because I was so involved in the in the story and I had to keep reminding myself that I was what that was me that's me doing that you know it was it was kind of cool that way because usually I'm kind of can't watch myself and cringing and but it's because of what the story was and 
it was about everything else and it was um yeah I had chills the whole time I thought it was yeah really really proud of it and I'm I'll always be so honored that I got to portray on yeah yeah I think I think when you think about it um it's bigger than all of us and I think was when we worked everybody it was all about the film and I think we all worked to the film the actors all the crew people in Boyle, everyone that was involved, it was bigger than all of us. And I think that's what everybody kind of bought into. And that's probably why it turned out like it did, I think, because uh, because it was first more than anything else. Yeah, amazing. Um, I think, I, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I agree with Zara, actually, with, with that. And, and in a sense of, I think it's just so very different, the way it was shot, um, the subject matter, how raw it was um and personally i'm just really proud to have been involved in it yeah brilliant um i think i have time for just one last question and it's another one to just you know throw out to, to all you guys whoever wants to pitch in but um yeah i was just curious because you know Anne has had its world premiere at this point and i was just wondering um have there been any reactions to the film that maybe you know, uh, took you by surprise that maybe an audience member kind of came up and said it had, you know, this effect on me. Um, I know I've used the word emotional a lot to describe this film, but for me, that is, you know, what it was at its heart. Um, so, yeah, I was, I suppose I was just wondering about, you know, some of those um, personal reactions that audience members have had thus far to Anne. Well, I'll, I'll jump in just with, uh, sorry, Kieran, I'll jump in just with one in the States. Um, no, he was a producer. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that um, that I think was surprising shooting this, um, as Zara alluded to, was kind of the connection to Anne and the connection to Granard and the connection to the story. We had um, a number of people on the shoot who actually were from Granard, um, which we only found out um, a number of days into the shoot. Um, there were people uh, who worked in Boyle that, that knew of the story and knew people who were connected to. And when I showed it in the States, um, in Chicago, uh, at the Music Box Theater, um, I had four people in the audience from Granard. Wow. Um, and their reaction, and they were old enough to remember this this time um and they were old enough to remember the family um and uh and old enough to remember um just how harrowing the story was and uh out of that also another um uh person who watched it um his wife's best friend in new york was one of Anne's sister's friends so this whole during this whole like pre-post um showing it just the connection to Anne just really, I think, told us that this was a story that we just bloody had to tell. Um, and uh, I think that was just a very, a very unique part of uh, of showing it across borders as well. Yeah, well, what I would say is say we were in Tallinn and we did the Q&A after they saw the film. I mean, the audience were clued in. Now, these are Estonians in the country thousands of miles away from Granard and from Ireland. And they were so clued in, the questions they asked, they were very specific questions on different elements of the film, like, you know, and um, when, 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 you, when, you, when you get that, um, you really feel, yeah, I mean, this is something else. I mean, it's also shown at 
um, Cairo, the, the Cairo National Film Festival, and also the International Film Festival of India. So here you've people, Egyptians, and we have Indians who, again, taught this film. They really want to show this film in their, in their pretty significant festivals. Like, you know, so again, it's like it's, it's such a, a small little Irish story, but yet it just spreads out around the world and people just get it. And I think it's because it's a simple story. It's about a, a little girl in a very bad, in a very bad uh, place um, and dealt with a very bad hand of cards. I think that's what it all boils down to. That's what people relate to. It's about this 15-year-old girl. Um, I think that's a perfect note to leave this discussion on. Uh, thank you all so much for joining me today to talk about your extraordinary movie, Anne. And congratulations again. It's really just so beautiful, so wonderful. I can't wait for everyone to see it across the world. <laughs> Thanks very much, now. Thank you. Thanks Thank very much. you, Deirdre. Thank you, Ifta. Good to see you all.